The classic red-eye presentation by your patient may be a common sighting in your clinical practice, but are you truly up to date on the various causes, treatments, and pitfalls that clinicians encounter when confronting ocular problems? You're listening to ReachMD, and I'm Lawrence Sherman. Today, I'm sitting live at the Evolving Practice of Primary Care program here in New York City, and I'm joined by Dr. Stephen Orlin, Associate Professor of Ophthalmology, Director of the Cornea Department, and Co-Director of the Refractive Surgery Service at the University of Pennsylvania. Dr. Orlin, welcome to the program. Just to begin, uh, let's think about the clinical presentation of red eye and, and what you think about when the patient presents to you with, with that classic red eye. I think the differential diagnosis of the red eye is enormous, so I think that you have to have an open mind when you see a patient who presents to you with a red eye. Not every red eye is just going to be simple conjunctivitis or pink eye. So I think that a starting point, just like any aspect of medicine, is uh, not diving in and looking at the patient. You've got to take a careful history assess what's going on, how long it's been present for, are there any visual disturbances, is there any pain, and from then you can make a uh, more accurate determination of the etiology. The causes of the red eye range from benign conditions such as conjunctivitis or pink eye, or it can be something more significant and life-threatening like orbital cellulitis, tumors, and things of that like. So uh, I think it's important to start off, sit back, and take a history before you even set a hand on the patient before you examine them. So, so it really is a, a complex series of things that can cause red eye, and you really want to make sure you approach it the right way systematically each time. Every single time. and we, You just don't want to take anything for granted, and uh, we always start off, as I said, with a history. And from an ophthalmological perspective, the eye is divided up into about three different layers, and there are multiple tissues which make up the eyeball. And each of those layers themselves can become inflamed and can present with a red eye. So you need to uh, know the anatomy, you need to know what you're looking for, and you need to know what questions to ask the patient before you can make a um, differential diagnosis. And what's your typical workup plan? Take me through that a little bit. So the, the, the history to start off with is um, when did it start? Because uh, I'm going to classify uh, the red eye. You can classify it based upon an anatomical classification, whether it's coming from the cornea, the conjunctiva, the sclera, the uveal tract. You need to have an uh, idea as to the onset of symptoms because acute versus chronic uh, can make an enormous difference in the differential diagnosis. And then you have to ask them about their systemic history because patients with uh, collagen vascular type diseases, rheumatoid arthritis, and so on and so forth, can have ocular manifestations of their uh, systemic disease. So we start off with a history and do an examination. The examination obviously is critical. I think primary care physicians are limited in how they can examine the eye because they don't have all the elaborate equipment that we do. Uh, but there are some simple things that they can do, like uh, check vision, check the motility, check the pupils, check the clarity of the cornea. And then they can start formulating a more uh, formalized differential assessment of what's going on. And are there hot buttons that they should look for and say, you know what, I think I need to refer this patient right away? I think that uh, decreased visual acuity is always a hot button as far as we're concerned, because conjunctivitis or pink eye or allergic forms of conjunctivitis, by and large, do not affect vision. Uh, neither do they cause much pain. So I think the hot buttons and the uh, issues that are relevant to uh, primary care or non-ophthalmological doctors is to ask about pain and ask about visual acuity. And if either of those two things are affected, I think that should constitute a red flag for them. I think that's very important. Thanks. Uh, let's focus a little bit on the infectious causes of conjunctivitis. Um, what are the most prominent viral and bacterial etiologies, and, and what are some top-of-mind distinguishing factors between their clinical presentations? By far, the most common cause of infectious conjunctivitis is viral. 
and of the viruses that cause conjunctival viruses, uh, adenovirus is the most common. Uh, it's a condition that we call EKC or epidemic keratoconjunctivitis. The epidemic means it runs in epidemic proportions, so you should ask about a family history, uh, schooling and swimming pools and things like that. Um, the acuteness in onset is also classically seen in viral conjunctivitis. Um, and then the discharge. It's also important to assess whether the patient has a discharge because if there's a purulent discharge, that usually implies a bacterial component rather than just a viral component because viral conjunctivitis does not cause a purulent discharge in the eye. I think that's an important distinguishing factor. Um, any thoughts on sexually transmitted infections uh, of the eye? So for us as ophthalmologists, it's not uncommon for patients with STDs to present to us as their first uh, source of uh, looking for help because your eyes are so important to you. Any change in your vision uh, brings it to your attention very acutely. So all the five major STDs, whether it's AIDS, uh, gonorrhea, syphilis, herpes, and chlamydia, can manifest with uh, conjunctivitis. Uh, Let's move on to uh, allergic conjunctivitis now, if we can. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, What are the classic presentations that you see? So the classic uh, presentation with allergic conjunctivitis is uh, a history of um, itching and eye rubbing. So patients, obviously, it's a, most times it's a seasonal uh, event. So in the springtime and the fall time, you'll see a, a surgeons of patients who have allergic forms of conjunctivitis. They constantly are rubbing their eyes. They have a lot of uh, itching symptoms. And sometimes they even might have a mucoid or a ropey discharge. Okay. And so, so it's that itching that's that uh, telltale sign? The itching is, is sine qua non, the, uh, the symptom that patients will present with, with uh, allergic forms of conjunctivitis. And, and turning to other causes of conjunctivitis, so there's inflammatory, degenerative, cancerous, um, and, and even traumas. Uh, are there any clinical pearls you feel primary care physicians should know in particular? So um, in viral conjunctivitis, which again is probably the most common cause of conjunctivitis, uh, examination will reveal usually bilateral involvement. Uh, which is very, very common, although one eye uh, presents first and the second eye presents uh, a couple days later. The second eye might not be as severely infected as the first because the patient is already starting to develop some sort of immunity to the uh, viral strain. Uh, Viral conjunctivitis patients almost always have preauricular lymphadenopathy, so it's important for the uh, GPs to feel the lymph nodes in front of the ear and in the the mandibular area because they are oftentimes uh, swollen. And um, the patient's history uh, will tell you that they complain a lot of their eyelids sticking together, particularly in the mornings. Okay. So, so those are some really important points, I think, that the primary care physician needs to think about. Those, those are really good. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to ReachMD. I'm Lawrence Sherman, and with me today is Dr. Stephen Orland from the University of Pennsylvania. We're talking about causes, treatments, and pitfalls in the management of red eye. So, Dr. Orlin, uh, we mentioned avoiding pitfalls earlier in the program. What pitfalls come to mind uh, when dealing with common ocular presentations such as red eye? Well, uh, again, uh, it's important to exclude vision-threatening conditions. So, conjunctivitis um, usually is a benign disease which does not affect vision. But other causes, not so much of conjunctivitis, but more so of diseases deeper down in the eye, such as the episclera and scleral tissue, can be associated with significant systemic diseases, mostly the collagen vascular type diseases. So those need to be asked for in the history. Corneal infections, um, which are commonly associated with contact lens wearers, uh, are severely uh, visually incapacitating and can uh, lead to the loss of the eye. So it's important for the primary care doctors to have a reading chart available to them in their offices 
so they can get a baseline understanding of what the patient's visual acuity is. And if there's any loss of vision or if the patient complains of that, that should be a red flag to them that they are looking at something that is more serious than just simple common or garden conjunctivitis. So by extension, uh, when I'm thinking this through, uh, what, what do you think the primary care physician needs to think about as far as referrals so that we make the journey of that patient as compact as possible and they get that definitive treatment? Well, again, I think that the primary care doctors play an enormous role in managing uh, now the gatekeepers for a lot of the conditions that we see in ophthalmology. And there's certainly no reason to refer patients who have viral conjunctivitis or even bacterial conjunctivitis. But once again, to reiterate the point, if there's any uh, loss of vision or any significant pain symptoms, I think that is something that would go beyond simple uh, viral infections, and I think that they should be referred to a, an ophthalmologist. Most of our listeners are probably aware that uh, there are a wide variety of therapeutic agents that we're going to use for these patients depending on the cause, uh, and, and many of them carry their own risks. What do you think about when you're thinking about your management strategy? Well, uh, let's address a viral conjunctivitis because that's probably going to be the most common condition that uh, PCPs are going to be seeing in their practices. I personally believe that antibiotic drops are overprescribed for viral infections, and it's not uncommon because patients have expectations of seeing a doctor and coming away with a prescription, so it's easy to write for an antibiotic. But some of the antibiotics that are prescribed are you know, fairly uh, strong medications, which I think can only breed resistance if they are inappropriately prescribed. So our uh, first-line treatment for viral conjunctivitis is nothing more than supportive. Have the patients use cool compresses, uh, if their eyes are sticky, use artificial tears if they feel gritty. And we reserve antibiotics for those that have obviously a bacterial superadded component to their infection. I think that um, primary care doctors should at all costs avoid drugs like topical steroids and uh, topical anesthetic agents, which have really visually significant risk factors associated with the use. So, so you're really looking at appropriate symptomatic, appropriate palliative uh, approaches, which may or may not be uh, pharmacologic agents, but it's make the patient comfortable and get them through it rather than creating situations that could lead to resistance. I think it's important to stress to the patients that uh, not everything needs an antibiotic, and oftentimes uh, it can be detrimental. Um, so I would strongly urge them to explain to the patient the reason why they're not using an antibiotic, and then most patients will understand that. Well, I'm going to ask you something that may seem funny to you, but, but humor me. Take us through the basic eye examination, and are there any aspects about the exam that a primary care physician may not typically think about or may find surprising? Well, um, our examination uh, starts off, obviously, with the, with the history, and then uh, the, the basis of our examination is always the visual acuity. That's the first thing that we always do. And fortunately, in ophthalmology, most people have two eyes, um, hopefully, <laughs> and uh, it's very, very useful because you can use that as a comparison. You know, we can compare one eye against the other all the time, and we do it in every aspect of what we see and do. So you check the vision, uh, remind uh, their doctors to check their vision with their best uh, possible correction because if the patient doesn't have their glasses and their vision is poor, that might just mean because they don't have their glasses with them. So that's an important consideration. Also, the age is important because people of our age... Um, unfortunately have difficulty in reading up close so you need to also realize that they might need reading glasses if you're going to check their uh, close-up acuity. You know I wouldn't expect an, a primary care doctor to have a slit lamp in the office but you can gain a lot of information with a simple pen light examination. You can see the clarity of the cornea. The cornea is moist so it has a nice reflection of the pen light light will shine back at the doctor. 
you should be able to see the pupil and the iris very clearly through the cornea and if any of those structures are hazy that could imply that the cornea isn't clear and that should again be a, a red flag to them. So, so those are very interesting points. Something as simple as a 99 cent pen light can be a valuable tool to the primary care physician and ophthalmologist. Each ophthalmologist has a pen light in their practice and, and we use it all the time so it's not something that would be thought of as being really inferior for them to be using. I think it's a very very helpful tool. A lot of, of what we use is very simple and, uh, and very easy to, to use and, and you get a lot of useful information from it. Anything you'd like to add that I might not have asked about today? Well, uh, we didn't address allergies and I think allergies are important because I think there are a lot of pharmacological agents that primary care doctors can use and um, we use uh, mast cell stabilizers, histamine uh, receptor blockers, and non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drops, and I think those are all within the realm of what a PCP doctor should have in the armamentarium, and I think it would be quite appropriate for them to use in patients who have allergic forms of conjunctivitis. Thank you very much. My thanks to Dr. Stephen Orland for joining us today, and as I said earlier, we're sitting here at the evolving practice of primary care, and uh, there's a lot of education and activity going on around us. Thanks for talking to us today about the causes, treatments, and pitfalls in the management of red eye. I'm Lawrence Sherman. Be sure to visit us online at reachmd.com for access to this and many other programs. And thanks always for listening. Thanks, Dr. Roland. Thanks very much. I enjoyed it.